Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Oh, it's uh, horse season. Is it horse? Is that what you call it? Horse season? I Sure. Sure. It's, In the bluegrass? They're running. Yeah. We, they, we just had Keeneland. I know you and uh, you and Quint talked about Keeneland and how talked beautiful Keeneland is. Keeneland's a big Keeneland. thing. And he talked about Derby was coming up, which now, by the time people listen to this, will have passed. Of course, I will have money on the winner. <laughs> oh, yeah. You will. Except you, I don't bet on horses you... pretty much ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you call it? Don't call it horse season. You call it. No more bets. The money that could have gone to your kids is gone. No more bets. The money you worked hard for is gone. Fools, fools, fools. Well, Race they, season. It's the it's the triple crown. So they do. There you go. They the derby. You know horses. Yeah, I'll just, just I, let you talk. I, so I, I do like. I I enjoy horse racing. I just have always. My dad. I we lived in Louisville area. You grew up around yeah horse we, culture. I yeah, did not. Exactly. I moved into it. Yeah, so you you weren't close to this area, and I mean, I think if you're in the Kentucky area, you at least know about horse racing or um, or associated with it in some way. I've actually never been to the actual Derby. Too many people. I mean, it's just packed out the wazoo. I think it'd be nice to go once, but um, we used to always do a Derby party at our house and like just have people over and make some great barbecue and hang out and stuff. So yeah, for people who been. think it's weird, like horse culture. In this area of the country is, like, beach culture on the coasts, you know, okay. where you kind of, like, there's just that culture around beaches. It's like barbecue culture in the barbecue meccas or hiking culture in, say, you know, the mountainous areas. It's just, it's a part of when you move here and you kind of get immersed in the culture, whether or not you bet on horses or you know anything about horses, you just kind of... You yeah. become a part of what's going on, yeah, inevitably. And, and the Derby is obviously the biggest, best known, and it, it is like a whole event. People think like the Derby's one day, but in Kentucky, it's not one day. It's like two-week affair. It starts yeah. with uh, Thunder Over Louisville, which oh, yeah. is the giant fireworks show that happens two weeks before the Derby. And then they have event after event after event leading up to it. And then there's obviously the massive day, which puts kind of Kentucky on the on the stage that we're not normally on in yeah. a regular basis. So it's even bigger than like an F1 weekend where it just <laughs> expands over a couple of days. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a great time of year. There's like the culture of the hats and you wear the fancy hats and you get, the, I don't wear a fancy hat. Yeah. No, it's mostly the ladies. The females. Right? Yeah. And mostly wear the guys. The I wear hat. a bow tie though. Do you, are yeah. you, are you going to do anything for the derby? No, I will not. <laughs> um, but I do like bow ties. I can rock a, I can rock a bow tie. Yeah. I have I, that financial planner bow tie face and you have like you get the colorful cool ones too yeah but not crazy colorful you don't want to look like a clown true you kind of there's a fine line <laughs> you can like wear a bow tie but then you get a little too crazy and then it goes off the deep end and well we're going off the deep end pretty far so we let's uh, we should get to let's actually. get to our got question. A good question yeah we have a good question today from james all right james what do you got D-I-Y. hello daniel and quint this is james from georgia Got a question. In a previous episode, you mentioned that someone who has a pension can have more risk in the stock market compared to someone who doesn't. Just want to know your mindset behind that. Thank you. All right. So I think Sorry, it was James. you that actually mentioned this yeah, in a previous quit, podcast. But he gets the Logan. Yeah, today, he gets me today. Which yeah. is pretty pretty awesome, I think. <laughs> well, James, I think 
that this question is a really, really good one. Um, it's something we deal with in financial planning all the time at Jewel mm-hmm. Financial when we're talking with folks and working with people. Um, because pensions are still around, even though a lot of companies don't use them anymore. They're definitely still around, and especially in teachers or different professions. Yeah, state employees. Very, I mean, there's we still see them. It's just they're becoming more of a relic of the past. Yeah. As uh, employers give employees more um, ownership over their retirement future. And also the culture has shifted to where people don't spend 20 to 30 years at one employer. Right. And therefore, you know, a pension where you go work somewhere traditionally for decades and then you retire from that same job had a lot of benefits that don't necessarily apply with the modern world. But thanks for mentioning Jewel, who is our title sponsor of today's episode. Uh, Yeah, at at Jewel, we do, as you talked about, financial planning. Uh, So we really help people to achieve their goals uh, with our powerful planning. So if people want to know more about Jewel Financial, they can go to to PowerYourPlan.com. PowerYourPlan. PowerYourPlan.com. That's what we do here. (laughs) Hey, I like it. All right, good. Well, get back to James' question. Tell me more about why someone who has a pension, um, who has kind of that set income, can take more risk in the markets. Sure. So I forget what episode we actually talked about this in. I should have probably referenced that before we jumped on the microphones um, so people can go back and listen. But what I want people to think about is when you're looking at your entire portfolio uh, and your entire financial plan, uh, Risk you can think of as the possibility that things will not work out the way you expect or want them to, right? So we often get risk confused with volatility, and those are two separate things. Volatility leads to risk, okay? but risk and volatility aren't necessarily the same thing. So can you try to break that down? Are you, do you understand what I'm saying there? Okay, well, so check I, this out. Though. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. There's there's risk on either side, but risk is basically the risk of losing money, like that your investments are not going to do as well as they say. Volatility could be upside or downside. I mean, you could just have a lot of movement going in one direction or the other, um, or just bouncing back and forth between going down and going up, kind of what the market's been doing this year. Um, but risk is really losing money when you're thinking about it. I think you can have upside risk as well, but it, the the risk part is losing some. Yeah, traditionally, when we're th- especially talking about finances and financial planning, uh, to kind of stretch a metaphor, we can think about it in terms of when you own a car, you have the volatility of car ownership. So you have the fact that like things break. Uh, you have the price, the depreciation that's built into there. Sometimes the market may ebb and flow, and you go through kind of supply chain, and the car values go up. So there's a lot of volatility associated with the car. Most of it's downside volatility, in my experience, <laughs> with a car. Like it just you buy it, and then you spend more money on it over time. And don't I know? But it. you get to drive it and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, you were just through a, a similar scenario like that. But then there's risk. Risk being like a tree falls on your car, or somebody runs into your car, and then you have the risk of things not working out the way you expect. Like you had a car, you were expecting to drive it, and now you cannot drive it. So that would be um, a very stretched, loose metaphor. I like it. For risk versus, well, there's probably much better ones, but I tried to think of one on the spot. So what we were talking about, I believe, in that episode was the fact that once you add a pension to the mix, you create what's called a three-legged stool of financial planning in retirement. The average person that enters retirement will have sort of a two-legged stool 
they'll have a social security income, and then they'll have an investment portfolio, typically a 401k, 403b, 457, something with a four in it, uh-huh. or their own personal retirement savings, Roth IRAs, IRAs, taxable investment accounts, things like that. So they have income effectively from two sources. They'll get a check, a, uh, a fixed check that will then go up with cost of living adjustments from Social Security. And then they will get uh, income from withdrawals out of their retirement portfolio. So we think of that as you know an asset, but they'll turn that into an income stream, at, presumably at some point in right. retirement, unless you live only off of the Social Security part. So the volatility that you experience in your investment portfolio has a pretty significant effect because that could be, I don't know, half to, depending on the person and how much you need, half to 80% of your income is coming from this pool of money that's going up and down. The other portion is kind of fixed. It's coming from from Social Security. So you may not want to see a lot of volatility in that portion of your investment account that you're pulling money out of and seeing it go up and down because every time you take money out of it when it's down, you have less shares or investments that can recoup those losses on the way up. Now, what we saw during sort of the COVID pandemic and the initial kind of knee-jerk reaction was markets went down dramatically over a course of eight weeks, roughly. I mean, uh, really significant declines, but then came back quite sharply and quickly. However, uh, people might forget that things like the financial crisis uh, back in 07 through 09, and then the tech bubble, things of that nature, stocks went down, and they actually stayed down for two years or longer before they uh, then recouped. So a typical significant bear market has sees assets go down and then stay at those lower levels for some period of time. And even really in today's environment, we uh, S&P peaked over 12 months ago. Right. Um, bond funds would have peaked quite a while ago and are now down, you know, significantly. You're now mm-hmm. getting interest on the higher interest, but the actual value of those funds are down. So we're actually living through that right now where it's been over a year since we've seen new highs in some of those. Um, so the volatility there potentially then increases the possibility that things will not work out the way you expect. Well, what are you expecting? You're expecting to go into retirement, have an income from Social Security and your assets, and live the life that you expect according to the lifestyle that you want to live from the day you retire to the day that you die. Good. What are we missing so far? No, I think I think you're good so far. Now you have those two streams that generally most people have. You throw a pension in there, and now you're adding another stream, and now you're adding your third stool. So yeah, so think about a stool uh, or you know a bicycle. So you're on a bicycle, you have to balance significantly, right? Because it has two wheels. And so something happens to one of those wheels, it could be pretty catastrophic. Uh, but even utilizing those two wheels, I'm a bicyclist, so it's easy like to use it. this metaphor. Even just utilizing two wheels, you have to put a little bit of work into it. You have to balance. You have to have some you know, active, uh, um, active role in it. Add in a third wheel, a tricycle, and you can just pretty much sit on that thing right. and be pretty comfortable. And that's sort of what we're talking about when we add a pension, that sort of third leg into the mix. Think about, you know, a tripod or a tricycle or anything tri-related. So you add in a third income stream. So now you have social, presumably Social Security. Some people get pensions do not get Social Security. Um, It's a whole other episode. So you have Social Security. Now you have a pension. You have two fixed income streams. And then over here, 
uh, you have your investment assets, which is the third sort of leg of that stool. So what we were alluding to, or just outright said probably in that episode, was because you have a fixed income stream, Social Security, you have a fixed income stream, a pension, uh, should you choose to take that you know, as an annual income or forced to, then on your investment side, it can withstand potentially, depending on your plan and your needs and all of this, this is why you need to talk to a professional and, and kind of have a plan, you could potentially invest that more aggressively because you have two firm sources of income. And in fact, in some cases, the pension income or the Social Security, you could pick each either one, could sort of act like the bond side of your portfolio. So okay. the bond side of your portfolio, what's the purpose of the bond side of your portfolio in retirement? Basically to reduce that volatility, reduce mm -hmm. the movement that you're seeing, and also the downside risk as well. Yeah, so it reduces that volatility, also generates some level of income uh, in a normal, more normal environment like we're seeing today with interest rates. So you're getting sort of a... Uh, interest kicker on that money. Uh, so when markets are down, you potentially don't have to sell assets. You can sort of live off the interest plus um, your other fixed payments. So potentially, by having that pension built in, you could potentially reduce the amount of bonds you have in your portfolio and allow that to be more growth assets or volatile assets because you have two very non-volatile income sources. Again, it really depends on your personal situation, your personal plan. Uh, what we're not saying is that everybody with social security and a pension should just invest 100% in stocks. Right. And I think the other side to this is we could talk about this and someone could think, okay, well then why don't I just take a portion of my retirement funds and buy an annuity with it? That gives me a fixed payment over time and, and annuities have become a product that kind of emulates a pension to some degree. Why not just go out and buy that fixed payment that's going to pay you for the rest of your life? It's uh, it's potentially an option. Uh, it's something that you would want to work with a planner and really understand the ramifications. What are the costs of the annuity? What are the downsides? So for instance, assets not being available necessarily for your, your heirs um, should you pass away uh, versus an investment portfolio where they would in inherit that. Uh, but it does give you that extra reassurance. So if you have a portfolio that you know is large enough and you can invest part of it into a fixed income stream and then part of it into risk. That is a potential option. You'd really want to run the numbers and, and speak with a, uh, an advisor or financial planner and understand the ramifications of that. Yeah, because you really want to understand what the actual internal return of an annuity is. Because like we're talking, you're replacing maybe some of the fixed income side with that fixed payment. And right now, fixed income pays pretty well. Um, you can get a really decent return on fixed income that you're investing in, in just your retirement accounts or in your brokerage account. So making sure that your math lines up, the fees associated with something that comes out of as an annuity, because a lot of the times, at least the annuities I've looked at, the math doesn't always line up. Um, so you have to really dig in when you're looking at that. But I think it's a really good question, James, because a pension is a big part of a lot of people's plan and it could help you with that fixed payment to help make a little bit more risk on on your investment side. But again, just like Daniel's saying, this is plan dependent. It depends on how your plan looks, how much money you're going to need out of your investment accounts, and then just what your 
general risk tolerance is. So are you comfortable with your investments moving significantly? Are you going to be able to sleep at night? Or are you planning for other goals where you just want to have a safe bucket of assets that are sitting there that could be used for goals in the near future and are not just for retirement income? So there's a lot of different aspects to this plan. Daniel, you have anything to add? I think we covered it. Okay, excellent. James, we want to thank you for being with us. So uh, James sent a question in, audio question. I'm sure he just recorded it on his cell phone, sent it in to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Um, we got that question, and uh, he's going to get a $25 Amazon gift card because of it. Make sure you guys are checking your emails that you sent the pod- the question to to see if you get your Amazon gift card afterwards. You should be getting that within one to two weeks of your episode airing. So make sure that you're checking and, and seeing if that maybe went to your spam folder, which is ridiculous that it goes to a spam folder, but definitely make sure you're checking. Um, the other one is check out our website. We've been putting up some uh, different articles and things up there. So DIYmoney.org. Check out our website and uh, learn a little bit more about us. I think we're going to end it there. Um, Remember, friends, secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.